this is Brad. And Pete. And I'm Kiff. We host Pop Culture Yearbook, and we want to unlock your memories. Do you love pop culture? Are you nostalgic like us? Do you want to learn more about your favorite movies, TV shows, and music? Maybe you're just nostalgic to relive a movie or rediscover an album. We love the 80s and 90s, but with Pop Culture Yearbook, we cover more current topics, too. There's something for everyone. Whether you're a diehard pop culture fan or just someone who's curious about the past, Pop Culture Yearbook is the podcast for you. So subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform and join us on a journey through our history of pop culture. BustedTees.com, like t-shirts. I, I have a question. Why have you not already gone there and started buying all the cool geeky gear they offer? Look, I'm not just saying this because they're a sponsor. I mean, they are, so it helps. But I'm saying this because it's true and because we love you and we want to see you smile, boo. They have retro movie, game, and pop culture-inspired clothing and apparel, and their stuff is amazing. Go over, drop some gear in your cart, then drop our promo code at checkout. That's my name, Jason, 25945, and they're going to hook you up with a sweet discount. You're happy, we're happy, peace falls across the world, and you look badass when it happens. That code again is Jason25945, and that website is bustedtees.com. Designs that pop culture. Hey, everybody. It's Mark Reznicek. They call me Rez here on the Mixtape Podcast. La la la. La 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 la. Silver Hawks. You're beautiful. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Who has a mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? Who makes a mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? You do, do. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the mixtape. It is I, Jason Emmett, with me, my co-host, a true country boy. Just uh, take a look at his collection of rodeo belt buckles and NASCAR commemorative plates. Mm -hmm. Twisted Kid Mad. Well, howdy there, partners. Matt, Ed, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, you've, I know, I know you've been really excited about this week's episode. Like, like genuinely have been, yes, like yeah. more excited than a banjo savant at a deliverance convention. That's how excited mm -hmm. Matt is yep. about this week's episode. Uh, this week we're going to be talking to you guys about the '80s, and we're going to be talking about good old country music from the '80s. Yeah, it's going to be a good time here at the mixtape hoedown. I think. Everyone's going to enjoy our list this week. I I, I I will tell you right now, I had so much fun coming up with my list, and then hearing what you guys picked was just great. And then, obviously, making the playlist, which is available as we speak right now, 
if you go over to the website, you can find the link to that. But listen to this episode. You'll hear us talk about it and then go back through and listen to all the songs. We but of course, yeah. Uh, obviously, you got myself and Matt. And of course, Kevin is going to be joining us here in a few minutes. Uh, we all gave our picks, like Matt said. And uh, these are songs we think would have to be pretty much have to be on any 80s country mixtape. And yeah, it's always fun to walk down the nostalgia lane. But I have to ask you a question, Matt, because I'm really mm-hmm. curious about this. Yes. What about this particular episode uh, made it so much more fun for you than usual? And honestly, like, I don't know. I didn't realize it at the time, but apparently I just have like a ton of nostalgia for like 80s and 90s country music. It's just it's one of the main things I grew up listening to. And there's just something about it. And, and you know, this is going to sound cheesy as hell. It's a lot more simple. Yeah, that's and, yeah, that's fair. You know, it just reminds you of a simpler time. I'll say that, like, you know? we've talked about it on the show many times, but music holds a, like, you hear certain songs and it'll take you immediately back to a certain time in your life. Yeah. And that, this episode really did that for me, too. Like, going back and listening to these songs, I was instantly taken to, like, uh, I think I talk about, like, like, why I listened to some of these songs growing up and the people I was around. And so when I hear them, it makes me think of my cousins and stuff that I used to run around with yeah. as a kid. So a lot of nostalgia there. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad you're excited. I am also I a great time talking about it. Looking forward to uh, letting the folks at home hear our picks. But uh, yeah. let's get through a few things we have to get through really quick. And then we'll start the show. I do want to say we received some awesome feedback. Uh, I need to address it. Uh, here is what they had to say, and this came through our pod page. So um, I don't know who wrote it, but thank you. It just didn't give me your name. So, But thank you for leaving the feedback. Uh, it said, I just started listening about a few months ago, and all I've got to say is that I have a ton of episodes to catch up on. The pop culture is amazing, and it definitely takes me back to all the memories I had as a kid. Great work. Keep it up. If I had to complain about one thing... It's only that I wish you would be able to play the song or the theme song longer before you talk about it. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. We wish we could play the entire song, too. Uh, when I'm putting these... certain certain forces in the yeah. world, initials, maybe MG. No. Um, Stop but, blaming them for everything. I mean... <laughs> Look, when I'm putting the list together, mm-hmm. I get to hear all these awesome songs that, that Matt yeah. and Kev... Throw at me. Which, and then I have that, to cut them. This is, and yeah, it sucks. This is why we do the, the playlists. Yeah, is, so you, you can know, go listen to them. Yeah, you can go listen to the whole thing. So the whole song is out there. Skip ones you don't like. You know, what? save them to your own playlist if you want. But yeah, you know, as we do that, this is why we encourage everybody to you know listen to the the song in its entirety. Yeah, we're working on condensing the show down to yeah. uh, to something a little more palatable. Uh, and the thing is, if we didn't clip these, the show would be uh, way long. Yeah. Uh, you you figure we, we fun on average, are doing 10 to 12 songs at three minutes. You can do the math. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Um, also, we are legally allowed to play snips to review them, but playing the entire song gets a little more complicated. So that's one of the yeah. reasons. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for the feedback. Uh, you're amazing, and we are stoked to have you listening. We appreciate all the reviews. Which, if yeah. you have a moment, we would love it if you would drop us one wherever you are listening. You can click those five stars. You can you can write a little something if you want to, if you like the like this uh, person did. But you don't have to. You can just do the review. That's fine. Uh, also, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a coworker, tell, tell the barista enemy. down at the coffee shop. We don't care. Tell everyone about the mixtape. 
It is our goal, mine and Matt's and Kevin's goal, to gather an army of pop culture geeks to overthrow the tyranny of subpar music, and we need you. So tell people. I mean, I didn't know we had a manifesto. <laughs> we point. do now. Like, we do. All right, cool. <laughs> so it is our manifesto it's the, the to manifesto. overthrow the tyranny of subpar music. That's what we're <laughs> here to do. I mean, I'll allow it. It's cool. Um, real quick too, we, we've had a few, we won't get into this real heavy cause there's going to be a little bit of the plays here. We've had a few folks donate through Spotify. Thank you so much for that. We do realize not everybody listens through Spotify. So we added that buy me a coffee link to the homepage of the website. We're going to tell you here in just a second, how you can find all that information. And if you uh, want to help out, we greatly appreciate it. So thank you for that. I think that's it. Well, last thing before we move along, please check out all the artists and the musicians we talk about here on the mixtape. We're here to talk about like movies and music and shit that we really like. And uh, we want to spread the love of pop culture and music. So please go listen. Check these people out. Because that's what we want you to do. Matt, do we have anything else we need to say before we kick off the show? We're going to drop our social media in here, obviously. But is there anything that is just, you know, on your mind that we need to get out before we go? We're not really leaving. That's a loaded question, man. We're we're Uh, coming right back. (laughs) Got got lots on my mind. (laughs) And uh, if if you listen to this, you will find out that something is always on someone's mind in this episode. Oh, my God. Yeah. What a, what a I'm not going to let him keep going. We're going to drop our social media bit right here. Listen, expect more of that right there it, later in the show because they don't. Mm-hmm. They're not going to disappoint you. They're going to keep that crap up. So yeah. uh, let's go ahead and drop our social media in here, and we'll come back with our man KC, and we're going to be talking about '80s country music here on the mixtape. Yeehaw! Social media. Social media. Hey, boys and girls, mm. it's good to have you here. Oh, yeah. But we want, oh, so much more. Mm-hmm. You should come join us online. We're on Twitter. You know we do that Instagram, TikTok. Yeah, we got you. And we have a special place over on Facebook for all you loyal fans. You know it, Daddy. Uh, so, uh, so how do you get there? TheMixtapeShow.com. Or the mixtapepod.com is the place to be. There are links to click that'll get you right to us. Can I write you? You know we got email. Your mixtape show at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Or maybe you want to pick up that phone? Call me. 513-437-2377. Or if it's easier for you, 513 513- he read 77. But I like to watch. Oh, you do? Head on over to YouTube and see all the sites we have to show. Oh, dude, this is getting really weird. You know I like it weird. No, seriously. Okay, who, who okayed this? Was this Kevin? Mm, I'm so okay with this. I kind of... Okay. Well, I, want to end the, I want to end this now. Hippopotamus. Hippopotamus. <sighs> That's the word. Hey. Stay awesome, everybody. All right, gang, we are about to get started on our country journey. I, of course, am Jason Emmett. I'm Casey Masterpiece. And I'm Twisted Kid Matt. And today, we're talking country music, 80s country music. Now, 
we don't we don't usually discuss country music here on the show. Um, a few artists and songs have come up over you know time, uh, but the thing is, I guess we probably should have talked about it up until you know we just haven't yet. Now, personally, on a personal level, I've never been a massive country fan myself. I, I can't really speak for you guys, but I'm not really a country music fan. Uh, at, at one uh, time, I was, yes. I mean, there's a few songs. I mean, I like Johnny Cash, but that's pretty much it. And that's why I appreciate you. So that's what you appreciate about him, Matt? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so here's the thing. <laughs> I think we're all that way. There are songs that we all kind of grew up loving, but I guess we probably need to acknowledge the impact that country music and more importantly, uh, the following country artists that we're about to talk about have had on the music industry. We were raised, I'm going to say, especially my age group, but I, I would imagine Matt who's a few years younger, very similar, but we were raised listening to a very specific country sound. Yes. And a lot of the artists we loved back then would actually often make their way onto the pop or adult contemporary charts. This was a huge thing in the 80s. Like, it wasn't like country and that's all they did. They would be on both charts a lot, or all three charts a lot of times. It really wasn't until the 90s when the sound took a hard turn into into what I think they called new country or young country. Uh, No no worries, we're we're going to do it. We had a station here in Kansas City that was like, Q104 Young Country Young Country yeah. Young Country New Country Station Yeah that's and that's what they called it uh don't we're we're going to do a whole we've already got a whole episode planned for that guys so oh, if, yeah. uh, we've already got our list together that'll be coming in a few weeks the, the 90s country version So obviously we're going to be doing 80s country our mixtape choices this week and we're going to explain why we chose what we chose um but I want to ask you guys, in your initial research, did you guys find it easy or difficult to find songs for this episode? Because for me, at first, it was kind of hard. For me, very hard. Yeah, I did. It was hard, it was hard to narrow down. So, yeah. Well, that, that wasn't... I, well, for me, it was just trying to remember like some of these songs, you know, just kind of thinking back. Um, actually, I'm trying to find my list, but you know, it's just... Good old YouTube kind of helped out a lot too. So what yeah. I kept running into was I would go, I like I had right off the bat. I'm like, oh, these are the songs we listened to as a kid, and I wrote them down. And I went and looked. I'm like, oh, these are all like 70s that just continued into the 80s. It was weird yeah. that this song was a hit in the 70s, but continued to be like played throughout the 80s. So it was hard for me to figure out which ones. Finding the artists was was really easy, and then picking the song and figuring out what decade was a lot difficult, a lot more difficult because. For me, uh, there were artists like Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers that were always in my life as a child. Always, yeah. But a lot of the hits I knew grew, growing up and singing were from the 70s and not not necessarily the 80s. And what that makes that even more interesting is, again, these guys are proof positive of what I just said a few minutes ago. In fact, a lot of the artists we're going to talk about on our list today are proof positive that they hit, like Dolly and Kenny were we're always hitting the com- contemporary adult charts and the billboard charts and not just you know, the when country I was charts. younger, I thought they were like actually going Every, I did too. Yeah. I thought they yeah. were a couple because they were always together. Totally He's there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> Kenny's totally hitting that. You well, know good that, for right? you, Kenny. Come on. Yeah. yeah. He's like, hey, girl. Give, give me some, give me some a fried chicken. Give me a bucket of chicken. And I was going to say islands the, in the same stream. Thing. Yeah. Hey, do you know who you, wrote that? You hitting that ass nine to five, aren't you, Kenny? Yeah. <laughs> do you know who wrote Islands in the Stream? Because I will always love you. Is that, this is your guys's <laughs> Lionel Richie. No. <laughs> no. Oh, it should have been. 
when I tell you, and then you picture the band singing it, you'll be all right with it. Was it Sylvester? Curse of the Revolution. No, no, and no. Okay, all right. It was the Bee Gees. Uh, so that's right. I do remember you saying that. We will totally I, do an episode on. at some point. I'm going point. to look up if there's already a cover by the Bee Gees. There, I feel like there might be a live version. Um, we will do an episode. We've slowly started piecing it together, but yep. There, I want to do an episode. So there are a lot of people know that Prince is prolific for writing other people's songs. You hear all these songs, you didn't know that Prince wrote them, but the Bee Gees mm-hmm. are almost as prolific. Yeah. They wrote that could be a, a whole episode, them, you know, in and of itself. Yeah, so songs you didn't know were written by Bruno Mars. <laughs> songs you didn't know were written by Bruno probably Mars. John Legend. Probably most of Bruno uh, Pharrell. Yeah, Pharrell. Pharrell did a lot. Um, so we're gonna have we're gonna go over our lists. We're gonna have a lot of fun with these. Um, uh, but we want you guys. We have some listeners have sent in some lists uh, as well. So we're gonna do those as well. We're gonna talk about some of the listener choices. But you guys can always add to it. And of course, when you hear this, we want your thoughts, opinions, and choices. Uh, Matt will be releasing the Spotify playlists as he always does. One for ours and one for the listener choices. Um, and we're going to start things off with my Probably list. Go into my actual playlist rotation that I listen to all the time. That's frightening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. The uh, just a just a heads up for the spo- the uh, I almost said a spoiler for the '90s episode, but uh, Ugh, that one's going to. Oh be... my god, I can't. That one was that easy one. to come up with songs, hard to narrow yeah. it down, and we yes. all three said the same song. All three of us. I laughed so hard when I got your guys's. I was like, every one of us put the same damn song in. So one mm-hmm. of you ended up with it. The other two of us changed it, but it was. Um, here's I the thing. Know which song, and I'm not going to say it here. Here's so. the thing. Um, <laughs> okay, guys, belt buckle up because we. <laughs> Did you write that fucking? Thing we down? are. You just you're like oh, belt buckle. <laughs> we are about to. We're about to get into this list. I want to ask you Let's guys. Giddy up to get down. Guys. I want to ask you guys episode. a question. I like that too. Um, Can you last? Is eight there seconds? is there an art? <laughs> is there an artist you guys suspect <laughs> makes this list more than once? Yes, I, I already know because I I specifically have one artist that I I could have put for all of my picks. So I'm going to ask you guys again one more question. I'm not going to spoil it yet. Mm-hmm. What what artist do you think makes this list multiple times tonight? Well, I'm going to say Randy Travis. Okay, Kev, do you have any guesses? Macho Man Randy Ooh. Travis. Macho Man <laughs> forever and ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to actually agree with Matt and say Randy Travis. Anybody else you think might make this list multiple times tonight? I'm just curious. Digging up bones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Digging up bones, saw. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Do you guys, anybody else you think might make the list more or less or what? Like, than, I'm, I'm well, thinking maybe Garth Dolly. Brooks is more yeah. 90s. He's, he's so, 90s, yeah. yeah. Okay. I was just curious. I was just curious. You guys will find out how right or wrong you were here in a minute. So we're going to start with my list. Um, we're going to start with me. And uh, for me, a lot of these songs were just major childhood memories. Uh, I don't think you get much more childhood memory for me than this little ditty right here. Does 
this why I didn't get it? Elvira, this is why you didn't get it. This was literally the first song on my list, man. It was the Same here. first thing I wrote down. Uh, Oak Ridge Boys, 1981, written and originally recorded by Dallas Frazier in 1966 for his album of the same name. Uh, so this song, guys, was uh, not inspired by a woman. This song was inspired by the name of a street in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, so Dallas Frazier wrote the song. His version did okay. It did all right. Um, hit number 72 on the Billboard Hot 100. And then Rodney Crowell recorded a version in 1978. And um, his cover hit number 95 on the Hot Country chart. Uh, and then the Oak Ridge Boys took inspiration from his version, and they did their version in 1981. Uh, like I said, they added it. They loved it. They decided to put it on their album Fancy Free. Um, they toss in some bass from Richard Sturban. That's that mm-pop-a-mow-mow you got to hear there. <laughs> Uh, and boom, it's another hit for the Oak Ridge Boys. Uh, their fourth number one country single and number five on the Billboard Hot 100. Not the country, the Hot 100. The song was certified platinum, over two million units sold. Uh, uh, Elvira is now considered one of the Oak Ridge Boys' signature songs. Uh, I remember this one well, very well. Singing this in the, the car with my family, imagine like a, you know, Little six-year-old Jason going giddy up, pop a mouth, mouth, not sounding like be- butthead ace. Um, <laughs> uh, I used to belt out the the, the bass line of this song and nail it when I was like six or seven. I I was one of those Pre-puberty, weird kids. So it's yeah. just like extra high pitch. I was no, I, no, no, no. I had a super low voice. It actually went a little up at puberty. So it's like, like a, a, like a pu- six-year-old. I was like, yeah. You had like that Benjamin, Benjamin Button Button disease. Button. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I went from I went from my hey guys. <laughs> he grew up talking like Johnny Cash, and now he talks like Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> so good. Uh, so yeah, what what a way to start the list, Oak Ridge Boys, Elvira, guys. I know you guys both love this song. Like, yeah, it's it's such a fun song. And it, so, did you guys know this was that that was not an original song though? No, and yeah. I I also. I, I grew up thinking it was about like actual Elvira. Elvira, mistress of the dark Elvira. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, the Oak Ridge boys are really into spooky stuff. <laughs> they might be. Yeah. Never know. I could sing the whole song. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, tonight I'm going to meet her. <laughs> Nobody, you want to join in? No, I just no. let um, you go. I mean, yeah. So that's one proven that you got the deep ass. It's a lot harder than it used to be. Oh yeah. All right. So the next one on my list, and uh, this counts, definitely counts, and I will explain why if anybody wants to argue it. But this is not an arguable thing. I remember often. Um, Driving down the street with my dad in a very specific car we had, it was a Volkswagen, and uh, we used to think that was hilarious when I was a kid when we would sing this song. Showers wash all my cares away. I wake up to a sunny day because I love a rainy night. Yeah, I love because it was a Volkswagen. It was a Volkswagen Rabbit, and we thought it was funny to sing Eddie Rabbit in our Volkswagen. I don't know why we were kids. It was. This is I Love a Rainy Night by Eddie Rabbit. Came out in 1980, released in November of 1980. Second single from his album Horizon. Song reached number one on the Hot Country Singles, the Billboard Hot 100, and the Adult Contemporary Singles charts. 
Uh, this was this song was twelve years in the making. It took Eddie Rabbit twelve years to write this song. Um, so I guess, like he said, he had this collection of old cassette tapes in his basement of his house of songs he had started but never finished. And he said one day he's going through these tapes and he hears this fragment of this song he had recorded back in the '60s, and he thinks uh, there, there might be a little something to it. So he starts playing around, then gets um. Uh, even Stevens and David Malloy to help him finish it. I don't, I don't know. Evan Stevens, but I swear to God, it's spelled even. So, <laughs> but I think it's pronounced Evan. Dude, that you should never, you should change the spelling of your name if your name is Evan Stevens and it's spelled like that because everybody's going to call you Evan Stevens. I'm just saying. Right, totally. Evan Stevens and David Malloy, they end up helping yeah, him finish the song. I got a coffee for Evan Stevens. You know, <laughs> it's pronounced Starbucks. Evan. Shia LaBeouf, anyone? Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Uh, Shia. So what What? What resulted was an upbeat song, a very poppy song, um, which was uh, I Love a Rainy Night. So they've talked a lot about this song. Um, this song is about hope and renewal inspired by a thunderstorm and rain. In other words, rain comes. When the rain goes away, everything yeah. is fresh and new. Um, this this it's got song that good smell. Yeah, Petrocor. Yeah, oh but yeah, sm- I actually love that. Fun smell. fun fact uh, that is one of my favorite smells of all time. <laughs> Petrocor. Petrocor. Yep, that's the term for the smell of the you know, things rain. we learn on this show <laughs> on, a, on a summer night. Yeah, it's the it's great. It's yeah, wonderful. It's the scent of Petrocor. Um, this song was certified gold. Sales of over half a million units. Uh, the song, along with "Driving My Life Away," which I almost put on this list in, instead, and I went with this. That is a, that is a good ass yeah. song too. Um, yeah. These songs were also considered songs that started the whole uh, Eddie Rabbit's crossover from country to pop. Well, now you got "Driving My Life Away" stuck in my Ooh, head. Thanks. I'm driving my life away. It's <laughs> such a good yeah. song. <laughs> uh, I like I said, I have very fond memories of the song um, from my childhood driving down the road, singing the song in the car with my family. Again, it was just one of those kind of hit struck. And I was like, yeah, I love a rainy night. Great eighties country song. So ran with it. Uh, definitely going to get a little more country with this one, guys. So hold on to your butts. Oh, play me some mountain music. My grandma and grandpa used to play. Yeah, Alabama, 1982, mm-hmm. Mountain Music. Written by Randy Owen, performed by Alabama. Released in January of 1982. It was the lead single and title track off their album, Mountain Music. Uh, the song blends bluegrass with southern rock, and Randy Owens uh, said the song took him three years to finish writing. Uh, he was trying to put his experience and emotion that he felt as a child into a song. I don't know if he accomplished it or not. I guess he thinks he did. It was Alabama's sixth number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 Country Singles chart. Uh, It landed the same week that the Academy of Country Music named the group the top vocal group and entertainer of the year. So way to go, Alabama. This is one of those, another, like, I I, I can say this about every one of these freaking songs. We just sang them a lot as a kid. Yeah. Like, I didn't grow up with this affinity or love for country music, but these songs were just sort of always around. And so I, they yeah, were always kind of, on our mind. You know, that was beautiful. Thank you. That, Thank that you. was actually, uh, I, I don't know how long he had that, you know, just in the chamber ready to go, but 
<laughs> you know, I but just, damn, I'd say it's it was. I'd say it was, it's been on his mind for a while, stop. like maybe even always. Yeah, always on his mind. Yeah, <laughs> he was I ready. Just, he was I loaded. I've been locked. waiting all freaking week to make that joke. <laughs> and He's like, I didn't even know. Off. I didn't even know when I was going to be able to. I yeah. didn't know they had to be talking about mountain music by Alabama. I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, where's my shot? Here it is. Okay. Very specific. He's like, yeah. Oh, come on, Willie Nelson reference. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So I got one more on my list, and then I'm going to give you guys a few minutes to reflect on my list, and then we're going to go into Kevin's list. Um, I don't want to spoil anything yet, so I won't. But this next artist, this next song, again, I was kind of shocked no one else said it um, because this was such a an iconic. It's still an, icon- an iconic song. Like, it, it, let me just put it this way: every time you go on a road trip, somebody's gonna be a dumbass and start singing this. On the road again. <laughs> just can't wait to get on the road. It's usually me. I was gonna say fitting with the life I love is music pulled out on the road again. And I can't wait to get on the road again. Yeah, on the road again. Willie Nelson, nineteen eighty. Uh, 80s country would not be complete without Willie Nelson, and uh, we didn't forget him, I promise. Uh, Willie wrote and performed the song, which was all about touring on the road and the experiences he had with his group, with the people he toured with. Willie wrote it after being approached by the producers of the film Honeysuckle Rose, which was also his first starring role. Uh, They asked him to write a song for the film, and he did. It was his ninth country western number one hit, um, overall, and is sixth as a solo act. So it also hit number 20 on the Billboard Hot 100 and won him Best Country Song of the Year at the Grammys. And according to Willie, he wrote the song on a plane on the back of a barf bag. <laughs> so, oh, all right. So and he was high for two different reasons. <laughs> well, right yeah. so. I was going to say, also uh, recently collaborating with Snoop Dogg as well. Too. Yeah, That's yes, yeah. Yeah, for, uh, um, roll me up and smoke me when I die. If you haven't heard that, it is very entertaining. I think everybody needs to smoke whatever strand Willie's smoking because it is preserving the hell out of him. Yeah, man. <laughs> him, him <laughs> in his 90s, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. He's got to be, right? He's got to be pretty close. I always thought he was like 60, though. Even, even in the 80s. He's always been old to me. Like, uh, he's yeah. never been a young the person. The only thing that has Except- happened is his hair's gone gray. Nothing else has yeah. changed. That guitar, by the way, is the same guitar that he's been playing since like the 50s. That's crazy. And you can tell. there's the, He's literally worn a hole through it. It's, I, it's fascinating. Yeah, if you look at it, it's it's there yeah, is, same guitar. There is something to be said about certain artists that don't have good voices, but you can't, like Willie Nelson, in my opinion, does not have a great voice. Um, Johnny Cash doesn't have a great voice. Uh, Bob Dylan get into fights, doesn't have a great voice. <laughs> well, you cannot convince me that they have great, strong voices. No, I, no he doesn't. But, but then there's something about music, it. it fits very We've well. talked about it many yeah, yeah. times. Uh, Kevin and I have talked about it a lot, mm-hmm. but there are certain songs that it's like, I understand they don't have a good voice, but I don't want to hear anybody else sing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Willie Nelson needs to be singing on the road again, damn it. Like mm-hmm. it needs to be him. So uh, there's my list, guys. What do you think? Nice. I, I think I now know what other uh, band or artist has been on this list a couple of times. Cause, <laughs> and, and we'll get to it. We'll get to it because yeah. they appear on mine. Yeah. He might, uh, there might be a couple that appear on this uh, list a, a few times. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And again, like I said, it was very hard not to just 
go all Randy Travis. <laughs> you could have. It was I the eighties. You could have. I almost did. I Actually, was like, this would be great. Almost every person or band on here, with the exception of one or two, you could have almost made an entire list of just their yeah. stuff. So like uh, top four Randy Travis songs of the eighties, and then top four Randy Travis songs of. Well, the it's 90s. funny, Matt, that you should say that because we're going into Kevin's list, and well, he starts off with. Well, well, <laughs> and Randy, I think I know why I didn't get one of my picks with Randy now, Travis. You said that he starts off with this song right here. Mm-hmm. Oh baby, I'm gonna love you forever. Well, it was you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, he he got one of mine too. Sit and talk about the weather as long as old women sit and talk about old men. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> so, so good. good. Uh, written oh, by Paul Overstreet and Don. Know, I, we have been waiting to do this episode for way too long. <laughs> it's been weeks, man. We've, We've been this... talking about it for literal weeks. Yeah. I want to say and, Kevin came in yeah. and sniped us both. He got he yeah, got he a couple songs off both of us that you I was bastard. like, damn it, Kevin. Yeah, you know, I mean, I got to save it in the chamber sometimes. <laughs> yeah. you know? I got all kind of these comedic weapons on me. So. <laughs> <laughs> comedic weapons he's got like a batman utility belt full of bullshit. Yeah. so forever like, and ever forever and ever guys this song is written by paul like Street on track and don schlitz uh recorded schlitz by randy travis released in 1987 as the first single from the album always and forever and it became never, randy travis's third number one single on the u.s billboard hot country singles chart so I want to tell you a little bit of backstory. The idea for the song's title uh, stemmed from Schlitz's son. That's not fun to say. Who, after saying his nightly prayers, would often remark to his mother, Mommy, I love you forever and ever. Amen. Aww, so it's adorable. Schlitz, Schlitz relays this sentiment uh, to Overstreet, to his writing partner. And the two wrote the song in a couple of hours. They recorded the demo version of the song the next day. And they pitched it to Warner Brothers, um, to an exec over there named Martha Sharp. So Sharp then suggests the material would be best suited for Randy Travis, for whom uh, Overstreet had previously written, On the other hand, there's a golden <laughs> band. That song is disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that song is disturbing. Yeah. Uh, so like it wonder about a dude at a bar just like yeah, he's saying I it, could cheat on my. It wife, reminds me of someone who would not un- yeah, and it reminds me of someone who would not understand. <laughs> I guess <Yeah>. she wouldn't. <laughs> um, so it it won a Grammy for best country and western song in the 30th annual Grammy Awards in 1988. It also uh, claimed song of the year honors from the Academy of Country Music and the Country Music Association. Uh, nearly three decades past its release, it was certified gold by the RIAA. So, I mean, you did it. I wanna, I wanna ask: Is this his? Is this Randy Travis's most famous song? Mm. Oh, I don't think it is. But what What would you think would be, be bigger? This is a pretty big song for him. Yeah, hmm. it's really. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, I have no, I don't know if it is or not, but I would feel like it's definitely up there in his top five. Oh yeah, it's definitely up there. Yeah. All right, guys. So we're not done yet. Uh, another, another returning artist. Now you're going to find out why, Matt, why this song was in the chamber for Kevin. Cause it, uh, well, it's been on his mind for a long time. <laughs> you were always on my mind. You were always on. 
on my mind. This song came out in the 80s? 1982. Really? Maybe well, his version. It just seems like it's... Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> it seems like it's just been. A we've song talked that's about always this. Existed. No, yeah. we we've actually talked. It has. You're not wrong. This uh, we talked about this song on the show before in a song you didn't know were remakes episode. So Willie Nelson's version of this song, "Always on My Mind," came out in 1982. The song was written by Wayne Carson, Johnny Christopher, and Mark James. The first rendition was recorded by uh, none other than Brenda Lee. Um, there were other versions, including Elvis Presley. Uh, we talked about this, like I said, on the songs you didn't know were remakes episode. Yeah. But Brenda Lee knocks it out first. Elvis comes in. His his hit his is a pretty big hit. Uh, but Willie Nelson actually had the most success with this song. His version soared to number one on the Billboard Hot Country Singles Chart. It also hit number five on the Billboard Hot 100 for three weeks, staying on the chart for 23 weeks. So it hit number five for three weeks, but it stayed on that chart for 23 more weeks. It was the best performing single on the Hot Country Singles Year in Chart of 1982, and it won a few Grammys, so not bad. Uh, Christopher James and Carson won Song of the Year and Best Country Song. In addition, Willie Nelson won for Best Male Country Vocal Performance, and the album won uh, Album of the Year. So I guess it was a smart move. Yeah. This is one of those songs where... I, first of all, I love Brenda Lee, so let's just get that out of there. Not a huge Elvis fan, but I respect Elvis a lot, like his version too. But there's something about Willie Nelson singing always on my mind. Like right. it's 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 kind of a staple, and it's it's kind of a huge, I don't know. So we've got two from Kev, and you're already seeing some return and repeat artists. We've seen, uh, we've seen Willie Nelson pop up already, right? Mm-hmm. But Kev's not done with Willie Nelson, not yet. <laughs> right. You know, I was thinking about that question that you asked earlier about you know we could whether we could think of like artists that made you know a few appearances on our list, and I was like, I can't believe I forgot about Willie. This Willie week. Nelson. Willie Nelson makes yeah. multiple appearances this week. <clears throat> but here's the thing: this next one, Kev does think a little outside the box, so we're going to give him. A lot of credit for that. In fact, I don't even know if you're going to hear Willie in this clip, but Willie Nelson is most definitely on the song. You might hear him on here. I'm not sure. But here you go. Oh. There were seven Spanish angels at the altar of the sun. They were praying for... I'm going to say this right now. Ray Charles could have had a country music career. <laughs> like, totally, yeah. yeah totally. I mean, he, the man is amazing, and uh, he kills this song. This is Seven Spanish Angels, Ray Charles, and Willie Nelson. The song came out in 1984. Um, KC bringing it around to Willie Nelson again. But you add a little R&B into it, so yeah. there you go. Uh, written by Troy Seals and Eddie Sester and recorded by Ray Charles as a duet with Willie Nelson. Um, it was released in November of 84 as a single from his 84 album, Friendship. Seven Spanish Angels was the most successful of Charles's eight hits on the country chart. See what I mean? Um, the single spent one week at number one and a total of 12 weeks on the country chart. So I want to tell you a little bit about this. They write this song, right? They write the song as a sort of tribute to the music of Marty Robbins, who, if you don't know, was a country singer. He was an actor, a NASCAR driver. Anyway, he passed away in 1982. So Sester and Seals um, weren't sure who they wanted to sing this song. They they had it. They wrote it, but they, they didn't know. So they actually pitched it to Willie Nelson, 
And, of course, Willie Nelson's like, yeah, I'll sing it. But what they didn't know was that producer Billy uh, Sherrill had heard the demo and had already presented it to Ray Charles, who also said, yeah, I want to record this song. So Cheryl then approaches both of them and says, hey, I got an idea. Why don't the two of you do a duet? And they did. And the rest is history, man. They do Seven Spanish Angels. Song is a massive hit. Kev, I, I like what made you think of this song? Like what brought this song? Because I, di- I never would have thought of it. So, yeah, same well, here. Well, I mean, one, I Again, YouTube helps, yeah. but I do remember Ray Charles being really big into country. I think Jamie Foxx mentions this uh, in the movie Ray. But Pro- yeah, now that you say that, I kind of vaguely remember that, mm-hmm. and I could see that. Like, I could, like I said, unfortunately, Ray couldn't. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Damn it, oh. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> You're such oh, an son ass. Of a bitch. <laughs> this is one of those moments I wish we had cameras on. Because the look on my face when you said that had to have been amazing. Mine too. Jeez. I stopped for a second and just stared at the screen. And I was like, like uh, Damn it, Kevin. <laughs> I made note of the timestamp. Okay, so I just needed to cut it out. I never know how bad things are going to get. <laughs> That's great. That's good. Oh God! All right, Kev. Kev has one more song. Oh fucking god! Um, this is the song where Kev sniped me. So I, I, I wanted this song, and I was actually shocked that anybody yeah. else put Kevin this on their list. Kevin is occasionally a song assassin. Yeah, he'll he'll do yeah. that once in a while. I was shocked anybody else put this on their list. I mean, you're gonna know it, man. It's not like you're gonna be like you're okay. just gonna be like, oh shit, I didn't even think about that. I love this song. I always did. Even as a kid, it was a fun-ass song. So here you go. Here's Kevin's final uh, pick. This is Juice Newton, man. Mm-hmm. Freaking Juice Newton, 1981, Queen of Hearts, uh, written by Hank DeVito. Uh, he was the steel guitar player in Emily Harris's group, the hot band, in case you didn't know. The first person to record it was actually Dave Edmonds um, a couple of years prior to Juice Newton in 1979. I didn't know that either. I did not know there was another version of the song. Uh, as far as Juice Newton's version, uh, well, she started performing it live, I guess. That's how this whole thing came about. She started performing it live. It was really popular. So she took it to her producer who uh, said no? <laughs> like I'm not on board with this. We're not. We're, we don't need to add this song to the album. Uh, but she cut the track anyway, and she let him hear it, and he said, "Okay, cool." So uh, good decision because it hit gold status and gave her a number two uh, hit on the Billboard Hot 100. Also uh, garnered a Grammy nomination for best female vocalist, country and western category, and it hit number fourteen on the country charts. So. Sometimes producers don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> so yeah. I want to say this is a fun ass song. It's dumb as it hell is. and just fun. Uh, great. You know pick. how I got, really got into this song? Playing Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. <laughs> Seriously, you know? Seriously, this is right. not uncommon for Kevin to come. You don't know this, Matt, but it is not uncommon for Kevin to come with songs because he played Grand Theft Auto and it was yeah. on the soundtrack. That's happened before. 
That's a damn good soundtrack on those Grand Theft Autos. <laughs> I should say it. Uh, Kev is a Kev is a fan of the Grand Theft Auto games. So that's right. A lot of my a lot of my yeah. musical taste came from like Tony Hawk's Pro Skate. That's fair too. Uh, I know we've talked about on f- past episodes. Uh, was it uh, System of a Down that was off a video game? Like one of us, like, "Wow, well, I was playing this video game," <laughs> and I remember hearing that, <laughs> and that's the first time I heard System of a Down or something like that. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's pretty great. Um, so that Matt, what do you think? That was uh, that was Kevin's list. What do you think, man? Uh, it was very eclectic, and uh, I had never heard of Juice Newton until we started doing this show. And now I've heard of Ju- Juice Newton on several episodes. Really? Yeah. Well, you even you her name's. Fun. I knew the song, but I had no idea like who she was. So uh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I used like, to. Oh, I definitely knew the song. So we're talking. We're talking 1981 here. So I'm a kid, and I was. I used fetus. to get. I used to get her mixed up with Olivia Newton John just by name. Olivia Juice Newton John. <laughs> Juice Newton John. <laughs> They're uh, sisters. Yeah. <laughs> From two different continents. Yeah. 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 Singing two different styles. I had a huge crush. Olivia Newton John might have been one of my first crushes. Like I was oh God, I had a huge crush on Olivia Newton John when I was a kid. So she was pretty hot. Just saying. R.I.P. Pretty wonderful too. Yep. Here we go. We're going to kick into Matt's list now. Um, Don't worry. He has two people on his list that nobody else thought of, and then two (laughs) that other people did. Oh, God, Matt, your first song kind of makes me want to hit you in the head. (laughs) It's so so obnoxious. It is so obnoxious, an earworm that you cannot get If you went in the order that I sent them to you. I don't know if I did or not, but this is an earworm that once it gets in, you're like, oh, my God. Oh yeah. Here you go, Kevin. You're welcome. Uh, oh, oh. You and me go fishing in the dark, lying on our backs and counting the stars where the cool grass grows. I gotta say, so this is Fishing in the Dark, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, 1987. This fucking song could come out today. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it would be like yeah. no different. Yeah, it could. It could totally be released today and be a huge smash hit. Like I'm shocked. Darius Rucker needs to remake this damn song. No, he tomorrow. doesn't. He doesn't need to redo every no, song. No, but this song no, he, he does. does he needs to remake Fishing in the Dark, Darius Rucker style, and it will be another huge hit like Wagon. Nothing Wheel. against him. I'm just not a fan of what he did with with the uh, Wagon Wheel. Well. The rest of the country community is. I, just, I know. I just want to say they fucking love I'm it. I'm so. aware. Uh, this is written by Win- Wendy Weldman and Jim Fotoglo, uh, recorded sure. by the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, released as the second single from their album. Hold on. Uh, it did really well, reaching number one on the U.S. and Canadian country charts. It was the band's third number one single. I do Canadians listen to country music? I just can't picture that. <laughs> you know, you'd be surprised, apparently. They do a lot of American things over there. These crazy yeah. Americans are fishing in the dark, eh? Yeah. <laughs> we usually wait till it's daylight out. Yeah. yeah. You know. Fish are in really March. biting at that you point. Know. What are you talking yeah. about, Matt? I don't know. I fish but, in the uh, night. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was the band's third number one single in the U.S., uh, on the U.S. country music charts. Years later, when it became available for download, the song sold over a million copies and was certified platinum. 
song is literally, literally about a couple planning on going fishing at night. Not a lot really to say about the song beyond that. That's that's what it's about. That's what they sing about. So, yeah. And this song gets in your head, and you can't get it that loud, Matt. It is a yes. freaking earworm. It is. It is. And, uh, of course, you know, Fantastic. putting the list together, getting the songs together. It's like I'm walking around going, yeah, let me go fishing in the dark. <laughs> so I just want to paint a mental picture for you guys real quick. Uh, yeah, this definitely was being blasted on my speakers in my car um, as I came up with the list. Yeah, I had to put it on, on Spotify. You're just, an enigma. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You oh, and then, by the way, the next song was uh, "Hammer Smash Face" by Cannibal Corpse that came up on Shuffle. So, like for the for, that was fun. It for went those from of you, in the dark to Cannibal Corpse. For those of you who have met Matt, or for those of you who have you know seen him on our YouTube channel or whatever, you're gonna like some things just don't match in your mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Matt cruising down the street wailing in, on in fishing my in the dark. No, that would make it even better if you were mm-hmm. if you were cruising down too. the street in your 64 jam yeah. the ground. <laughs> and you, and you hit the hydros. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it starts bouncing the fishing in the dark. <laughs> It'd be great. Oh god. So uh another return band, Matt. Another return band coming up, man. Uh, by the way, I, I want to I want to talk about about fishing in the dark a little bit more. For okay. A so, right. Connie and I went to go see El King a couple months ago. Yes. And, you know, at concerts sometimes they're playing music before you know before the the actual show starts. And apparently, El King decided it, this was the, that was the perfect song to play right before she came out on stage. You know, people get ready. You know, they say that or going to get ready or whatever line is in the song. And when this song started playing, the entire crowd started singing along (laughs) and it was insane. And the look on Connie's face when I'm there in the front row singing fishing in the dark (laughs) in a giant crowd of people. And she's just looking at me going, what the hell? Who did I marry? Who did I? I I need to reevaluate my life. Oh, and for the record, I too am somebody who has sat in a cracker barrel and sang, uh, this might be a spoiler for the '90s episode, but uh, "Under a Neon Moon" by Brooks and Dunn. That is something that I also have done. Um, by the way, this, it was not like karaoke going on; it was just playing over the overhead speakers. And I felt that Cracker Barrel is the only appropriate place that you can sing that in public. Well, so, obviously, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it makes a certain sense. Yeah. So, if you're ever in a Cracker Barrel and "Under a Neon Moon" by Brooks and Dunn, I mean, "Crackers" in the title. Yeah, I mean, it's just like. <laughs> You're in a safe place, sir. You're you're a Cracker Barrel. Yeah. Jay, the, I'm glad you said it. It would have been racist for <laughs> if I said it. Not have been funnier if you said it. Uh, apparently, Cracker Barrel is not is a safe place for all now. So good yeah. for you, yeah. Cracker yeah. Uh Took a while, but yeah. Matt is uh, bringing another band back on the uh, on us here for this mm-hmm. next one. Uh, I'm I'm gonna argue out of everything we've heard to d- tonight, and uh, as corny as. Some lyrics can be this song might have the corniest l- lyrics in it from All everything right. we're hearing. Here you go. Song, song of the South. Sweet potato pie and shut her mouth. Sweet potato pie and shut your mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is Song of the South by Alabama. 
1989. Most country song ever. R- written. And most country named band of all time. Alabama. We're just named Alabama. <laughs> what kind of music are you? Oh, just, just, we're rap. named Alabama. You can figure it out. Gangsta right. rap. Yeah. Gangsta rap. Uh, Alabama. This song is written by Bob McDill. Bobby Bear um, was the first person. I'm sorry. It was written by Bob McDill. Bobby Bear was the first person to record this song way back in 1980. Then in 1981, Johnny Russell released a version that reached number 57 on the U.S. Billboard country chart. Then in 1982, there was another cover, this one by Tom T. Hall and Earl Scruggs. That one peaked at number 72. But the one you guys know is the 1989, 1988, depending on where you look, version by Alabama. This was the one that kind of made the waves. This is the one that Matt picked. Uh, maybe it was waiting six years instead of just, you know, a year later, like some of the other ones up there, like Juice yeah. Newton did or whatever. Uh, I don't know, but there's... So what I'm saying is that some of these two were released a year after. Like, so there was a version in in 70, you know, yeah, like 71, and then the next some year... Some did not let time yeah. pass enough. Right. And so these guys did. Anyway, yeah. their, their album, it's from their album, Southern Star... And uh, this song reached number one on both the the U.S. and Canadian country charts. The song is about a poor Southern family who loses their cotton farm. Then their dad gets a job in the city, and they buy a washing machine and a Chevrolet. And as far as I can tell, that is what this song is about. (laughs) I know they buy a washing machine, and I know they buy a Chevrolet. (laughs) I know those things happen in this song. So There you go. Did you know there were that... Many versions, Matt? Uh, I knew there was a couple. I didn't know there was that many. Yeah, there's a lot. That's a lot. And this is, like you said, one of the most country songs. Mm-hmm. One of the most country songs by the most country named band. Yeah. Named after a state in the most country part of the country. Well, like, even before that, Countries. you have a version by Earl Scruggs. I mean, what was Earl Scruggs going to do with his life if not be a moonshiner or a country singer? His name yeah. is yeah, Earl Scruggs. Pretty, he's a... Right, banjo player, if I remember. Yeah, right. he's pretty. Yeah, I remember famous. first seeing him in like on episodes of the Beverly Hillbillies. I mean, reruns of the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> yeah, Earl Scruggs. <laughs> like, I didn't watch yeah. that shit live. You're right. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> I don't want to age myself or overage myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't watch it live. He, he, he went down to the cement pond and and you know had a, had uh, a little skinny dip. Earl mm-hmm. Scruggs. sounds like a character from every episode of Andy Griffith to me, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, He would have been a better fit. And we're returning another another, uh, artist coming up here. Another one's coming. Matt, why did you pick uh, Song of the South by Alabama? Um, You know, the sweet potato pie and shut my mouth. It kind of sticks in your brain, doesn't it? It does. It really does. It's kind of hard to Um, not. I I grew up listening to Alabama, um, specifically like a lot of a lot of this, the my my love of 80s and specifically 90s country music came from surprisingly my dad's side of the family where um, we were literally at uh, worlds of fun our, our local theme park every weekend seeing whatever musician was playing there. And a lot of times it was actually, you know, country music. Um, so country music in Missouri. See. No way. Yeah, I know. Right. Shocking. <laughs> um, at a theme park <laughs> where it's just, every every walk of life possible jeez uh but yeah like i i saw really good concerts there so terrible ones too but um charlie daniels band was a, a great one um that i saw and you know but 
Alabama is just one of those bands that was always around when I was growing up. It's yeah. Just, my family was just really big fans of them. So just I was that way too. I, I would say not so much in my world by 88, 89, but early on in my life, Alabama was one of those. I think it was a lot of my cousins. So when I was real young, we ran around with a lot of uh, different family than we did when I got older. And I think a lot of them were listening to when I talk about, you know, like Alabama and, you know, songs like Rocky Top, Tennessee and shit like that, <laughs> that, that were, I was Oak Ridge yeah. boy. Well, maybe not them so much, but. Uh, it was a lot of my cousins, I think. And so I was around them. So I heard a lot of it. So maybe not so much for me by 88 and 89, but yeah, definitely for me, early it was on. aunts and uncles that were really like listening to a lot of, a lot of country music. Well, I got to know where they listening to this next song too, because guess what? Matt brings back another uh, musician we've heard a few times tonight. Yeah. Hey, here you go. So I had to sing a song. About all the things I knew. How deep is your love? My love is deeper than the heart. Wow. Stronger than the river. (laughs) Oh, good old Randy Travis comes back telling us his love is deeper than the holler. You'd be amazed. Pretty deep. You'd be amazed how many people in the world don't know what a holler is. Uh, You have to. You have to be from certain parts of the world and have. Yeah. yeah, It's usually where you find a crick at. Yeah, I mean, I've I've grew up with the with the word holler and crick. Actually, my wash yeah. wash my dad washer machine say wash cloth a lot. So that one's uh <clears throat> for for those who love the word triggering. That that's a triggering word for me. Right? I don't wash. I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but I grew up. So my but we will. <laughs> well, I won't go too far. Yeah. But my dad's family were all from like sticks Kentucky. of Kentucky. Yeah, yep. the, my dad was real young when they moved here, but. He picked up certain words and phrases, and I grew up uh, understanding certain things that most people just didn't have a clue what it was. But yeah. to me, it made perfect sense. And one of one of the big ones I liked was uh, my dad used to say "wallering." Do you know what "wallering" <laughs> yeah. is? Yeah. Okay. So my dad would say, "Stop wallering on the couch. <laughs> stop instead of you know stop being hyper. I guess stop wallering. Stop flipping around like being a kid or whatever. That was a big one. Stop wallering. So yeah. that was a big one. I. Uh, also, and this is my favorite dadism since, um, it is, we are actually recording this on Father's Day. Yeah. Uh, my favorite dadism of my father was always if, okay, so like Matt, if you were doing something and I asked you, Matt, did you, did you do that? Did you, did you take that book down from that shelf? Mm-hmm. And you said, no, nah, it wasn't me. Most people would say, yes, you did, but not my dad. <laughs> if you said, no, it wasn't me. My dad would say, you did Dunner. <laughs> and I grew up knowing that you did, did Dunner means Dunner? yeah you did Dunner means yes you did you did Dunner uh, the other thing isms. he would he, the other thing he would do is my dad will um, if he like say you were sitting there and he asks you a question and you don't answer him so like he, he say. Looks, say yeah, <laughs> yeah. he look at you and go Matt yeah. did you take the dog out mm. say no say <laughs> say yeah that's my dad um, Matt has one more, but I want to ask him about Deeper Than the Holler. Uh, Matt, why this song? A couple reasons. Uh, one, mainly because Kevin got forever and ever amen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also, uh, it just, it, I mean, as far as like, and I know this is going to sound super cheesy, but as, as far as like love songs go, like this, it just seems 
probably the most honest. Like it, it sounds like nah, a guy. man, you need to stop right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just hear me out. It sounds like a guy who doesn't know how to put his thoughts into words and he just starts going, okay, here we go. Uh, I'm just going to compare it to the world around me. And what I know is the hollow. So you're not far off actually about the writing yeah. of the song. You're actually yeah. right on the money. Yeah. Of, I figured that's probably what exactly. So we talked about Paul Overstreet and Don Schlitz a few minutes ago for actually forever. Never. Amen. Yeah. They wrote this as well. Um, and it's of course the Randy Travis got sing this. Uh, released November 88, second single from um, the album Old 8x10. Landed at number two or 42 on the Hot Country Songs chart, and then it began to move, right? Climbed its way all the way into the top 30 following um, the following week, and from number 42 to number 28 in total. Song chart for 18 weeks, giving Randy Travis's eighth number one single on the country chart. It was also his sixth consecutive number one hit, and the song is written exactly like Matt said. Yeah. They wanted to sing, they wanted to write a song about a guy who's professing his love, who only knows the simple things that he knows, which is what the song is about. Hey, I don't know a whole lot about the world. All I know is about the, 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 the where heart, I live. The river. Yeah. And so all I can tell you is this is how much I love you. So it's kind of, it is cheesy Forever as hell, but it is poetically cheesy. Like, how would yeah. a. How would a, a country boy who doesn't know much about reading and writing? How would he yeah. be poetic to you? And that I is may not know what love is. Yes, but that's what yeah. this song is about. So you, you I mean Forrest Gump? You're right on the right on the head with it, man. So there you go. Yeah. Matt has one more song. Uh, nobody, nobody else put this person on their list, so that's cool. We've had a few. We had some Eddie Rabbit and some Juice Newton, and and now we have uh, we have this artist. So I keep a tight grip on the bottle Getting loose and killing time This killing time Killing time, Clint Black So I noticed that Kevin and I went a lot earlier in the 80s And Matt went a lot later in the 80s with all his picks In fact, Matt doesn't have a single pick that isn't from 87 or later He's got 87, 88, 88, and 89 with Clint Black in Killing Time Well, Matt is a millennial This is true Yeah, yeah uh, so this is what I was listening to when I was growing up. Yeah, no, that's so fair. Around that yeah. time. Uh, but I'm saying it, it really rounds out the list really well because I went really early. Yeah. Uh, Kev went early and then you know, a little mid and then you went later. So we really cover the gambit of the 80s in this mm-hmm. list if you think about it. Uh, the song was written by Hayden Nicholas and Clint Black himself. <laughs> let, me, let me stop you real quick. It's Gambit. Gambit is the guy that throws the cards from X-Men. It's a, a Gambit, yes, but yeah, you run a... the gambit. Okay. Just going to correct you. Well, thanks for doing that right yeah. in the middle of the show. That was- <laughs> Thought you would find it more entertaining, but I guess not. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> the song was released in July of 1989. It's the second single and the title track from his debut album. Um, this was Black's second number one hit on the U.S. Billboard magazine Hot Country single chart. Need to take a breath for there. Uh, so when Billboard published this their, their year-end Hot Country single chart for 1989, this song came in at number two uh, for the song of the year. It was beat by another Clint Black song, which is A Better Man. Uh, so, right. you know, I guess not bad to come in at number one and number two on the chart. Uh, the, sex, the success, the success, the success, the success of, <laughs> I mean, I can, 
You okay? Uh, probably not. Here, this this man. There's some words there. Oh, God. The success of those two songs led Clint Black uh, into winning the Country Music Association's Horizon Award in 1989. I don't like referring to him by his last name. <laughs> led Black. <laughs> like, like there's just, you know. So there you go. That's everybody's list. Why this song? Like, I mean, obviously there's other Clint Black songs you could have picked as well. Why Killing Time? Uh, I don't really know why. It's just... It came on when I was walking through Target, literally killing time, and uh, I was just like, "Yeah, this is perfect Fair. to be on the list." It was, I I walked around Target trying to think of what songs because that's kind of what I do occasionally is just go on little little outings after work, uh, usually to pull over in a five below parking lot and talk to Jay on the phone for like an hour or so. And uh, <laughs> it happens yeah, occasionally. That one's that one's for Connie because I know she's listening. But yeah, I I will. You know, put in earbuds and walk around Target, just killing time. And I was doing exactly that and uh, just put on like an 80s country playlist and was like, okay, this one's got to be on the list. So this one's tough for me because, okay, so there are a and lot I've of. I've seen it performed live too. For the record. There's a lot of country artists where <laughs> this is going to sound bad. I know their name, but I can't necessarily tell you yeah. which songs are theirs. So I know this song pretty well and I know Clint Black by name, but like if you. If you gun to my head, told me to name another Clint Black song, you're getting shot. I'm getting shot. Yeah, I don't know if I could do it. But then if you told me Clint Black songs, I'd probably be like, oh, yeah, I know that. I know yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah. So yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, I, you know, makes sense to me. I've talked about this a few years back. I mean, it's been more than that. It was like six or seven years ago. But God, I don't want to talk about that. It seems like it was just a few years ago. My ex was into country music, and I went to see a Brad Paisley concert with her. And I knew the name Brad Paisley. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, I knew the name Brad Paisley, but like I couldn't have told you a single song when I got there. And I can't tell you, I, I can't I tell you can't. a <laughs> single song now. <laughs> so I, I did not enjoy it. Uh, there were the opening act who I don't know who they were. I enjoyed them, but I wasn't really into the Brad Paisley stuff. Uh, I'll go see just about any musician with a few exceptions just to, because the experience of going to a concert is pretty cool yeah. but uh it's i'm it's that's pretty common for me man i can tell you there are people i can name you a buttload of their stuff and then there's people like you tell me their name i'm like i know they're famous probably even know what they look like couldn't tell you a song now again you tell me well they sing this i'm like oh yeah i know that <laughs> like, the country's <laughs> not my thing so that was our list uh What'd you guys think overall? That we we've covered our eighties uh, country lists, or at least our first time around. What'd you guys think? Yeah. Everybody's choices. It, you know, it kind of takes me back. You know, I mean, I don't listen to a whole lot of country now. But, Would you say you know, it covers the gambit? <laughs> it it does. It does cover the gamut. <laughs> <laughs> I held on to that for so long. I, I figured you were just waiting to <laughs> yeah, put it in there. Fuck yep. you. It's not Gambit for real? No, it's the complete range or scope of something. I just Googled it. Fucking and that's let's see bullshit. what Gambit I know means. what I know what well, Gambit, Gambit is. is a chess, oh, well, wait, there's like a, a chess Gambit term. versus Gambit. 
Yeah, I a know. gambit is a sacrifice in chess, and a gambit is a range. Well, so, gambit yes. is also like it's a game, like a game move. Like I knew that. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know yeah, why. I always thought that's what it was. Yeah. No, it's gambit. Mm-hmm, it's fucked up. Anyway, what would you say about our list? It definitely covered the gamut. I'm gonna. I'm never gonna get that right. Yeah, I've been saying it for my whole life. Anything though. But yeah, uh, I think we did a pretty good job. I mean, this is a first, and there's obviously you guys out there have your opinion. We want to hear them. We want to know what you would have added to the list and what you would have. I can't really see that you would take any of these away. These are pretty much. This is a pretty strong list. Willie Nelson made it on there a few times, three times, and uh, Randy Travis multiple times, Alabama a couple times. Um, I think it just shows who the big hitters were, especially during the 80s. Uh, The 90s definitely changed the game a lot, and... Yeah. Let's just let's just uh let's just say a lot more female artists. Well, I was just getting ready to say that. Yeah. I really in the eighties the Judds were starting to kind of come out, yeah. but there weren't as many. Dolly was huge, and there were a few more. We had Juice Newton on here, but you're right. The nineties is when a lot of the uh, female artists kind of really make their yep start start making an appearance. Yep, I mean they were always there, but just not really. Uh, Getting the recognition that they deserve yeah. at the time. Yeah, well, was, we have uh, we have some uh, listener suggestions. We have Ooh. some listener opinions. Uh, Tapeworm Terry, he writes in. He says the Highwaymen. Um, he would nice. have put on there. Uh, Skiznot says uh, I I only know two songs from that decade, um, and the second is Mountain Music by Alabama. And Stu mentioned the first one, which I believe might have been Elvira at the time. So they said stuff that were already on the list. Uh, Dave says Smoky Mountain Rain by Ronnie Millsap. Oh yeah. True Crime on Easy Street, their podcast. They say Fireman by George Strait. Don't know it off the top of my head. Doesn't mean I don't know it, but I'm. <laughs> This is one of those, sometimes I got to hear it to know what I'm talking about. The Decade's Best podcast says, always on my mind, by Willie Nelson. We have the the guys over at Totally 80s and 90s Recall. They said, uh, Love Will Turn You Around by Kenny Rogers from the greatest 80s stock car racing movie ever, Six Pack. To which I replied, I fucking forgot about Six Pack. Oh, my God. Totally forgot about uh, Six Pack. They also mentioned Rocky Top Tennessee, which didn't, yeah. Didn't make anybody's list. I did consider it. It was a runner-up for me. Uh, Mark Reznicek, good old Rez from the Toadies. Yeah, he fired off. He said, Don Williams, I believe in you. So he said, I believe in you by Don Williams. Are we getting celebrity submissions now? Yeah, well, we got Rez. Yeah, Rez. That is really fucking cool. I did not know that. Rez fired off. Um, And uh, then, then we have a list. We have a list by one person. Who uh, she could not oh, resist <laughs> sending me <laughs> the list. Wife. It's your wife. <laughs> Connie says, "Are you ready for this?" Ah, uh, Connie, <sighs> we love you so much. Hard Candy Christmas, originally by Dolly Parton, but she wants the Cindy Lauper remake. Of course, she did. <laughs> Begging to you, originally by Merle Haggard, but she wants the Cindy Lauper version. She did mention the Judge. She said, "Grandpa by the Judge, ni- Judge, nineteen eighty-five. Oh, yeah. Tear in my beer by Hank Williams, nineteen eighty-nine. Don't mess with my toot toot 
Rockin' Sydney, 1985. That expl- okay, that explains. I remember her having this conversation with me then. Okay. God, it is she great. that up. Yeah. Thank you, Connie. Connie, really strong enough to bend by Tanya Tucker. And could I have this dance by Anna Murray? So Connie brings it with a lot of the female yeah. artists. Um, in case you guys don't know this, it is Connie's goal to get Cindy Lauper on this show as many episodes as she can. And I want to, uh, I think commend it's her Connie that actually gets Cindy Lauper herself to be on the show. I want to commend her for pulling yeah. out Cindy Lauper country music. She found it. Yeah. She searched for it. <laughs> like she found it. She apparently Cindy Lauper did an entire album of country songs. That's pretty amazing. So, yeah. uh, you guys can also send in your choices even after the fact, uh, your mixtape podcast at gmail.com or your mixtape show at gmail.com. Let us know what songs you would add and I'll send them over to make sure Matt gets them added to the uh, listener submission uh, playlist that we put up on Spotify. So there you go. 12 country songs we pick and a buttload that you guys pick. So please let us know your thoughts. We always appreciate it. Uh, Matt was looking forward to this episode for quite a while. Mm-hmm. So are you happy overall? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty happy. Got, got yeah, a lot of good. Randy Travis on it. We got some Randy Travis yeah. and some Alabama and some Willie Nelson. You know, yeah, you're all good. Legitimately, I I could have put, you know, just nothing but Randy Travis. It, it would have been, I don't I don't know why, but there's just something about Randy Travis's voice that just is the epitome of 80s country music. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I I'm totally see you. that, and he is so like he is. So I don't. There's things about Randy Travis you may or may not know. So he trained to be a quick draw artist, <laughs> so he can like well outdraw right. people. Sure, yeah, sure. he's he is a you know he's country he's a boy, tootin' cowboy, but apparently a good dude too. I'm in the holler. Like apparently just a really good dude, and obviously yeah. you know um, he had a stroke a while back, and is really making the best of life. Like he releases, they release videos and stuff of him, and he, just like trying to assure people of how you know, something bad happened and he's still trying to enjoy life as much as possible. And I just think that's pretty amazing. So, uh, by all, by all accounts, a really good dude. So cool. I I like, I like hearing that shit. Uh, somebody who didn't make the, the eighties list at all is Reba, which I thought was a little, uh, yeah. Mm. Um, Hmm. Could could she possibly be on the nineties? Very one? possible. Very possible. She'll make very, the very possible. You know another female artist from the country female artist, Bonnie Raitt. Bonnie Raitt. So yeah. this is where we go back to the beginning of this episode, though. Yeah. I've never cons- I get that, and I love Bonnie Raitt. My mom mm-hmm. was a huge Bonnie, but I've never considered her country. I know she is, but I've always I pop. I will tell you that. Multiple times while we were planning this episode, I sent texts in our group chat. This will have to be a multi-part show, and it probably will. Yeah, I can um, see that. Yeah, totally. And you know, which is always the case. There were already some backups that I had sitting there. It's yeah. one of those things where we we've talked about this a bunch of times, but I don't know if I've ever really made this point. We always have backup, and then we always have to inevitably leave something off our list. And what what I do, and I'm assuming you guys do, is you go. I think these are probably my top four, though, right? These yeah. are the biggest ones for me. And then you create your list and you send it, or or I, I get my list and I start the notes, and then instantly I'm like, actually, I think I preferred that other song, but I'm just going to mm-hmm. go ahead and leave it what it is. <laughs> so it happens. It's inevitable. You know, we got to leave stuff off and we'll put it on. Plus, you know, a lot. that's why we... I, I try to get it out there on the social media and give people time to give us their suggestions, uh, sometimes I'm better at it than others. 
Uh, and this one was put out weeks ago. So this yeah. one's been on the burner for weeks. We, uh, I think we talk about it uh, in last week's episode. This one was supposed to be recorded, and it was a whole thing, and I didn't have the notes, so I had to. We did a different episode. So this one was supposed to release a couple weeks back, and it didn't. So, but we do have more. We we have a '90s one coming. We have some really cool episodes coming up. We have prepped for a bunch, and uh, we've just been coming up with some really crazy stuff, and we're gonna have a lot of fun with it. I want to say thanks to everybody who has gone back and listened to our special episodes, our bonus episodes, uh, like the one with Neely Broche. Um, obviously, she's going to be going out on tour. I think I think we turned Stu into a Neely Broche fan, by the way. He's been listening to her stuff a whole bunch. He's really into her now. Uh, Lavender Mountain, still stuck in my head. She's amazing. She's yeah. amazing. And so... If you have a lot of really good comments on that one too. So. Yeah, and if you yeah, seriously, if you guys haven't gone and listened, you should go listen. She's she's wonderful and we released it as a bonus episode. I think it's like 40 minutes or something like that long. You yeah. should go check it out a few episodes back. Yeah. Um obviously Ivan Dorshuk episode too. I was just going to really say obviously we just did an interview with Ivan Dorshuk from Men Without Hats. That episode's doing really well. Uh very interesting guy. We ask him all the questions. You probably like. We ask where the safety dance. We've talked about it, but we wanted to hear from yeah. him. Where did the safety dance come from? We quoted the lyrics. I you did. Back to him. <laughs> you did, and I was like, oh god, I'm not going to stop, Matt. I'm just going to let him go and see how far he goes. Uh, I, I went pretty. Far. You went pretty far. <laughs> <laughs> He did. He went with the two though. He's so, just like, uh, I mean, huh? He's like, yeah, cool. All right. Yeah. This has never been done to me ever. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. I do. I do appreciate how he's like, you know, no, no. I love playing the safety dance for people. Yeah. Like this is, you know, when I was That's younger, why I wrote it. You when know? I was younger, I used to get irritated, but now I'm like, God, why was I irritated? This is exactly yeah. what I want. And um, he's a cool dude. He's going to be here in concert yeah. and I think he's going to be out, uh, your way. And we, there's links in that show note so you can go and see where they're going to be touring. Uh, I actually went into a men without hats deep dive cause I knew I liked a few of their songs. Um, they're awesome. <laughs> like yeah. they're truly awesome. If you are an eighties fan, especially of that synth pop heavy stuff. Oh my God. They're great, so you should you should be checking them out. Uh, and that was recent. That was that was uh, two weeks ago that that episode hit. Last week, obviously, was our uh, artists that ripped off. Did they rip off other artists? But I would like some feedback on that. I want your guys' mm -hmm. opinions on that too. Let me know what you think. Do you think some of those were? Are there any bands you would have added to the list? Things like that. I got nothing. I'm done. Uh, guys, spent, everyone. Any, anything that we need to add before we go? Um, I think this episode might be landing right around Crypticon. Could be. Uh, if not, we're still looking for volunteers. Uh, just uh, get a hold of me or uh, follow the Crypticon Facebook page and follow the instructions on how to volunteer. Um, I yeah. actually am pretty sure this episode's going to land a few days before Crypticon, about three days before Crypticon. So that might be a little too close. Though. But what we are talking about is Crypticon in Kansas City. Um, yeah. If 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 nothing else, try to make it out and check yeah. it out. Matt will be out there. Look for the guy with the big burly beard and crazy yeah. looking guy. He'll probably be wearing a vest because he likes to wear a vest with lots yeah. of pins on it. Denim vest. Um, but find I'll be, Matt. I'll, this this is the big the big joke. Uh, look for the chubby bearded guy wearing a black t shirt. <laughs> That'll be everyone. You'll be yeah. You'll find me. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I guarantee he'll probably be wearing a mixtape hat. 
Yeah. yeah. So you can always find that. And might, might be getting a, a new one. Find him. Find Matt if you can. Say hello. Say hello. He would love I'll tell it. Tell you hello. what. Tell you what, we are still looking for volunteers for the Denver show and the Minneapolis. Oh, that's show. cool. So if you uh, want to look up the dates for those, he, and, you're and Matt can still get you hooked up those, with them. So. I, yeah, I can still get you hooked up for those. I just, as far as the Kansas City one, that's and Matt loves volunteers. He does it most every year, and mm-hmm. um, he actually has fun doing it. He gets to meet celebrities every once in a while. Uh, yeah, and get some crazy stories out yeah, of it too. So. Uh, but if nothing else, try to make it out to that. Uh, if you're anywhere near the Kansas City area, Crypticon's a, a good one. Yep. So go check it out. July tenth. Uh, oh, give me, give me a second. Ninth, tenth, that area. July seventh through the ninth. Yeah, I knew it was right in there because I was originally I was really wanting to try to. So come off right there, after Fourth so. of July. Yeah, the yeah. weekend after Fourth yeah. of July. So yeah. yeah. So be looking for that. Um, guys, we really appreciate everything you do. Again, I know we told you earlier, but if you have a moment, please go leave a review. I see some of you have. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Again, yes, um, very much. because you guys have asked ways to support the show, I know some of you have uh, set your support through Spotify. Thank you very much. Yeah. On the webpage, we do have the Buy Me a Coffee link now. If you want to support the show, you can do it there. I think it's a dollar or two you can send over, and uh, it helps. Uh, we just... As you can hear this week, we got some of the glitches fixed. Uh, we've got yeah. Kevin on a, a new a new mixer and the new mics and everything sounding great. But guess who pays for all that shit? So we um, do, we do appreciate anything you guys do to help. Um, thank you. I mean, we were kind of amazed that people just started doing that. And we're like, oh, awesome. So we want to make it easier. So thank you. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, with that, I think we are good. Thank all of you for listening. Thank you guys for being a part of the show because, you know, we love you guys, too. I meant you, too. You, too. Yep. Good, and good you, you over there. <laughs> <laughs> Where your dukes. Hey, uh, yeah, that's it. So until we get to speak to you guys again, which is going to come real soon, you're going to miss us, we know, but we're going to talk to you real, real soon. And until we do, remember to always stay, stay awesome. Stay awesome. See, that's what I said. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.